alternative radio station and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? Broadcasting from UC Irvine, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. Welcome, and my govanin, whether you're listening to us live or online... Um, welcome, and <clears throat> unfortunately, the charming and enduring Hobbit co-host is not with us right now. He is off on some other adventures, but um, we elves never give up hope. <laughs> and so my hope is that at some time, he will tire or be finished with his adventures. Even Bilbo's adventure eventually had to come to an end, and he had to come home. <clears throat> and the same with Frodo and the Fellowship. So, uh, in true Elvish form, I am not giving up hope that my will, Milo will one day be with us again, sharing his Hobbit wisdom. In the meantime, um, I'm here, and we will continue. And if you're wondering, oh, well, uh, let's see. The Hobbit was always so good at get, getting to the details of things. If you'd like to email us, you could send me an email at askanelf at yahoo.com. Uh, the music you just heard is the Academy Award winning music of Howard Shore. If you'd like to find podcasts of past shows, you can visit um, our website at KUCI.org There's a little button there called Archives and you can go down to Podcasts or you can also find us in iTunes. Just search for Arwen, A-R-W-E-N If you are tuning in for the first time, you may be wondering what this show is all about. Well, this is where we celebrate the works and world worlds of J.R.R. Tolkien. And uh, we ask if a Middle-earth elf lived today in Southern California, what might her life look like? And I am going on my 10th year of my own personal experiment, which started out as an experiment and soon became a grand adventure of 10 years of my life as an elf. And where I asked, if I lived my life as an elf, would it be any better, any worse, would it be any different at all? And it has been transformed on many levels. <clears throat> Elves tend to do that. <laughs> anyway, we ask, how would an elf, a modern elf, celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures, things the elves care deeply about? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? And that is a very good question. But on this program, 
When challenges in life arise, or as the wizard Gandalf said to Frodo, questions, questions that need answering, we like to ask, what would Arwen do? And who is Arwen, you may be wondering? In J.R.R. Tolkien's Mythology of Middle-Earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves, and the lord of Rivendell, a place, a magical place, of healing lore and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light, a beloved daughter of the universe, like all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or an elvish Arda. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. And I have to say that this um, elven quality in human life has become a central preoccupation for me. And I love exploring the worlds of Middle-earth. I still am enjoying reading all of the um, history of Middle-earth volumes that Christopher Tolkien has worked on so diligently over these years, bringing us those and the Silmarillion. And there are lots of other wonderful works out there, artists um, inspired by the work of J.R. Tolkien and music. We have the whole, all of the wonderful music from the Lord of the Rings movies and coming up, the music from Howard Shore that we will have for the Hobbit movies. So I dearly miss the dear Hobbit co-host, Milo, because he was so good at bringing us updates about the movies. And I'm sure that there are some. I think I'm probably slipping back into my no-spoiler mode for The Hobbit. And even though the latest production video has come out on Peter Jackson's blog, I started to watch it and I turned it off. (laughs) Partly because I could see in the background the sets and, and... I don't know. I just think I just want to see the movies. And the the teaser trailer was just about enough for me. And um, and then, of course, you know, I think all of these things will be available and put onto the DVD extras and all of that later. I may change my mind. But for now, I'm content just to know that the movie's coming, and it's coming next December. And today I'm very excited because it's my birthday. <laughs> And I am very blessed to be here at KCI. It has been, and I have a very special guest coming on, actually maybe two or three if some other um, gals call in. Ro, the archeress, is going to be joining us um, talking about archery. So we won't have a real long time with her because she actually is off on some other adventures this evening. But if you've um, <clears throat> gotten a chance to see The Hunger Games you know that there's a big boom going on with regards to renewed interest in archery. And, of course, Brave is coming out later this year, and we've got an archer coming out, archer that's going to be in the Avengers movie. And there was a big article in the LA Times last week, even in the business section, about how the archery business is getting a big boom. 
uh, mainly from uh, the Hunger Games, and I'm I think that the Twilight trilogy people are the ones that um, are distributing that. So that's that's good, and so. Um, so I'm very excited because my friend Ro is not only a world-class archer um, with many medals and awards to her credit, but now she's taking her gift and her skill into the world to share archery with others. And so we'll be hearing a little more about that and how perhaps you might be able to get in on some archery action if you live here in the Southland. And I believe Gwenalf might be calling in again from Michigan, too, because I just found out today that she also is an archeress. So we might be able to get a little different perspective. I was not able to get on the website or on Facebook. Actually, I had... I haven't even gotten to my Facebook today. I want to thank everyone for the birthday wishes, but I just ran out of time this morning between uh, working on some art and doing some work for the radio show and answering um, phone calls and wonderful greetings and messages. So thank you, everyone. Um, I feel such an outpouring of love and appreciation today, and I have so much love and appreciation for the wonderful friends that I have and many of them that I've met through the world of J.R.R. Tolkien. And if even through, I wouldn't even be doing this radio show if I had not started my adventure of my life as an elf. And a young graduate student said, you know, you should think about doing a radio show about your adventure of as, your life as an elf. And that was uh, over six years ago. <laughs> So, and I've met some amazing people here at KUCI that have enriched my life in so many ways. And if you are a student or faculty or staff here at UC Irvine, I have great news for you in case you might be interested in learning more about radio, either hosting a show, um, a public affairs show, or a, radio, a music show, or getting involved in uh, any number of, like, we have management positions, and we do events, and we have bands in, and we need volunteers on very many levels, and even just learning more about, you know, what's involved in producing a radio show. We have a DJ training, DJ and PA host training coming up starting in just a couple of weeks, Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m., starting on... April, I wrote the information down. I'm just not sure where I wrote it down. I believe uh, well, it's on our website. Um, April 11th, yes, Wednesday, April 11th. And you can go to our website at qci.org and find more information. And so it is my birthday, so guess what? <laughs> I get to do anything I want on my birthday. And I uh, posted earlier that there was going to be Row and archery and Vigo. So I've got to give you a little a little taste of Vigo. And I found this wonderful. Um, I see the phone's ringing. I will be able to pick it up in just a moment. Um, I w wanted to share this wonderful. Um, it's actually a speech that uh, Aragorn gave to the men. Um, well, it was at the Black Gate. And so, of course, we know there was quite a few people there. And this is called Famous Speeches. Aragorn at the Black Gate, and it's so inspiring, and I thought I would just play it for you, and while I'm taking phone calls and getting Roe, and hopefully Gwen Elf, and maybe even Vana and Guru up in Washington, 
Um, and I want to say hi to everyone who's listening, especially through the OneRing.com, Tolkien Online, the best message board in the history of Middle Earth. And here is Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn. This is KUCI in Irvine. I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. An hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of men comes crashing down. But it is not this day. This day we fight. By all that you hold dear on this good earth, I bid you stand, men of the West! And that was Aragorn. <laughs> uh, and a cut from the Return of the King. Stand, men of the West. I love that. And... Um, yes, I do have Row on the, um, let me get this locked in here, and then I will bring her into the conversation. Hopefully Gwenelf will be able to call. Um, yes, it's, it's great to be alive, and it's great to have a birthday, and it's great to have so many wonderful, wonderful friends. I hope that you do too. Um. Before we jump into our interview, I'm going to play just real quickly uh, to get us, I'm, I'm going to play the Misty Mountains Cold from the trailer at of the Hobbit movies, that, and this is the trailer that came out last December, and, but I've pulled just the song of the dwarf singing. So enjoy this. And Gwen Elf, if you are listening and you can call in and contribute to our archery conversation, now is the time to do that. Here is KUCI and here is music from the Hobbit trailer. Far over the misty mountains Dungeons deep and caverns old. The pines were roaring on the height. The winds were moaning in the night. The fire was red. And that was <laughs> not a long enough break to answer all the phones. I am so excited. This is KUCI in Irvine. I am Tani Tanuvio, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. And 
celebrating a birthday. It feels like several thousand years sometimes, but it hasn't been quite that many. But I'm very, I'm very overjoyed to be still on this uh, lovely planet. I haven't sailed into the West yet. And uh, to be healthy, and I live with one of the most amazing women on the planet, this lovely older woman, Barbara, um, who I dearly love, and um, and I have such amazing friends. And speaking of which, because <clears throat> I don't want us to run out of time, I have all three friends here on the phone. So I hope I can make this work. I've got them all locked in. <clears throat> Uh, Ro, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. So Ro yes. is here calling from Escondido. And Syl, Gwyn Alf, is calling from Michigan. Are you there? I am. Hello. Hello. Oh, my gosh. And Vanna is calling from Washington, right? Right. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't believe I have all three. And all three girls are archeresses. Isn't that right? Yes. Yay. Yay. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> At so, varying levels of awesomeness, I think. Absolutely. So I'm going to, um, I haven't done this three people on the phone, and since we won't have, since we're not in studio together, we don't have the visual kind of uh, cues to be able to see. So I'm going to kind of um, just address some things, and also, but if anyone wants to jump in with a comment, feel free to do that. Um, this is KUCI in Irvine. You're listening to What Would Arwen Do? My first very special guest is Ro from Escondido who is the founder of the Second Arrow and Ro I know you're pretty getting very busy right now with uh, the interest in archery could you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do what you're doing down there in Escondido and how if anyone lives in that area they might be able to get involved with archery yes I can about a year ago a little over a year ago I took my passion of archery from the coaching level, which I had been doing for the last four years, to the business level, which means I decided to start my own business where I could coach people under my own umbrella, so to speak. And that has led, obviously, to some growth, some unexpected responsibilities I wasn't prepared <laughs> for. But what's really been fun is as I've been growing this business up, I've been working with the city of Escondido for, gosh, about a year and a half. And finally, 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 we were able to come to an agreement where I'm going to be starting archery classes for Escondido next month. And the timing couldn't be better because with the movie The Hunger Games yeah. just coming out, we've got Brave coming out this summer, another movie that features a young female. And the in Avengers. Interest, yeah, into that, yeah, interest in archery. In that particular movie, she's a Scottish princess who wants to be an archeress over being a princess which I can relate to. I can't. <laughs> and so then I've just been growing and developing that and trying to kind of ride the wave that's coming around with the public mm -hmm. as they grow an awareness of archery as a sport and that there are places they can go and learn about it. And that's what I'm currently working on doing with the city of Escondido, and then I'm going to be going beyond that as well. There is starting to be an interest up north with some of my classmates. I've reconnected with grade school classmates and high school classmates on Facebook, and I'm beginning to get requests from them. So I may look into starting to do classes maybe once a month up in the Orange County area as Yay. well. 
Yeah, it's That's been, where it, I am. it's been quite exciting. The timing couldn't be better. Right. You know. And we're getting into the beautiful uh summer months and there's lots of places or at least there are several places I know here in Orange County uh where people can go. Uh there's uh sh- there's an archery range at Mile Square Park. There's also one up in Orange and uh you can even do private things if you have, you know, if someone has a big enough yard, um y- you can have parties. And you can have, you know, you do uh, private parties as well, right? I do. I've done birthday parties. I've done everything from YMCA and park and rec camps where I've had up to 38 students as small as birthday parties for five. And I also do team building, leadership. This is where my Toastmasters, four years of Toastmasters experience has come in. Very handy because I'm now a DTM, Distinguished Toastmaster, which is the highest level you can attain. And so now I can bring a lot of the information and skills that I learned there, bring that over into archery, and now I can do team building with archery. I can do leadership workshops with archery. Not so much communication, but the other two areas I can really go on. And so, yeah, I'm expanding. Matter of fact, this weekend I did an eight-hour training down in San Diego with another gentleman for NASP, which is National Archery in the Schools Program, which is finally growing and gaining momentum in California. And I wouldn't that be cool to have archery actually in schools alongside other things like art and music and things like that? That is the goal, and NASP been around since 2002. They've been in California since 2007, and we've been working hard to get it in the school, but there is some resistance because people <laughs> think we're going to hand children bows and arrows and say, I'm at it, <laughs> and that's not what we do. Right. Archery, the only sport that's more that's less hazardous than archery is table tennis and that's because in archery we work to control the environment and you control who goes where when and that's why you're safe we don't have people just randomly shooting and pulling arrows and things like that so that's really the the most uh, dangerous part of the sport if you will comes from pulling arrows that's when the majority if any injuries happen it's from when an arrow gets pulled out and it pokes someone but i've been in your classes and i've 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 been in your classes and i've seen you also doing classes you know last summer mm-hmm. and it is completely safe yeah. everybody is on the line everybody is paying attention nobody's holding up a bow and an arrow um if anybody were to even like move an arrow close to a bow where it looked like they might put it in the bow, your evil eagle eye is right on them. <laughs> and, yeah, but my and, peripheral vision has gotten very good, especially yeah. with those classes of children of 38. You've got to really be on top of that. And so you've taught and see, So I've got tunnel vision when I'm working with someone, but I always have the peripheral vision going so that I can see is somebody going to do something that may be dangerous for them. Right. And, and that's really the key thing. Safety is number one. And I tell people, archery is not a sport of pain unless you're building muscle to <laughs> gain strength. There should be no pain in archery. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so um, and you, if people want to contact you, so stay here, with our, can you stay with our conversation for a little while? You, you know what, I can. My schedule's okay. opened up a little bit, so okay. I can stay longer than I okay, originally good. told you. So I want to talk a little bit to, to Syl and Vanna about their archery adventures, but um, just... Before I go on a, a little bit, could you do you have contact information if, or if, if anyone wants to find out about your classes in the Escondido area or private lessons or <laughs> parties or things like that? The best thing to do is to go to my website, the second net or dot com. I now own both domain names. Okay. And I can you can email me at ro r h o at 
thesecondarrow.net. That will get you through. So either way, um, that would be the best place to go to find the most current information about Escondido. I have a contact page on there, so if you don't have the ability to write down my email address right now, you can still go to that website and put in the information and email me that way. But that's currently the best way. Or if you're interested in a private party, birthday party, something like that, Yes, that would be the best way to get a hold of me. Well, we're going to come back and hear a little bit more about your history with archery. Um, I'd like to next maybe talk to Vanna because we have an... I'm so excited, Vanna, that you got got to call in today. And thank you so much for calling. Oh, no problem. So... um, Tell us a little bit, because your um, kind of history with archery is a little different, right, than getting involved in, uh, you know, like on teams and things like that. Don't you participate in certain kind of events? Yes. We participate in the SCA, which is the Society for Creative Anachronism. Uh-huh. And uh, very much the archery range is controlled by marshal um, uh, what do we call it? archery marshals mm-hmm. who are out there to make sure that everybody is safe, oh. that everybody's at the line at the same time. Nobody puts a, an arrow in the bow until everybody's ready and on the line. And if you, you know, if the kids even pull one out kidding around, they're immediately off the range. Oh, you so, know, even, so we do make sure it's very, very careful, so very, that's very good. safe. So even um, at the... Yeah, I've been doing that now for nine years. Now, did you and, get into uh, archery? My husband and I just love it. He got me involved in it. Was it through <laughs> your interest? recurve. Uh-huh. That's was, not the compound with all the the toots and whistles and the pulleys and all. We like to do the old way. Yay. Well, did yeah. you get involved in archery through your interest in Lord of the Rings, or was it previous to that? Or um, No, it was through the SCA. I mean, we did meet through the Lord of the Rings um, on the website, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Tolkien Online. But um, he had already been in the SCA, and so oh. he introduced me to that. And uh, that's where I got started doing archery. Yeah. So and you've been shooting for nine years. a lot of fun. He gets kind of jealous. <laughs> sometimes I shoot better than he does. Ah. Um, but I had to take a year off in 08 to 09 after my heart surgery. I was even afraid to pull a bow at first for fear it was going to hurt. But yeah. it, it didn't affect anything. I'm and now, doing great. <laughs> and, now you're, and now you're doing archery again? And we're coming into that? I am. I am. I don't compete in it at all. Um, I go out to do it for fun, uh-huh. but some people, you know, in the SCA events, they have competitions and whatnot. I just didn't have fun with it and not have the stress right. of a competition. So to me, it's all just fun and recreation. Yes, yes. I that, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I, there's lots of other things that I do, but I love... Uh, I love going and, and just pulling some arrows every once in a while. And whenever okay. I do, I manage to find my way to row. <laughs> and, um, Sil, <clears throat> yes. you're, you're calling in from, Savannah's calling in from Washington. And, Vanna, thank you again so much for calling in. You're staying with us, right, on the air? You're staying with us for a bit, Vanna? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, wonderful. This this thing without um being able to to have people in the studio is very is very uh interesting today. So Syl is calling from Michigan and 
Um, so could you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in archery and whether you're kind of follow, do you fall into either of the two categories, like Roe kind of got into it through Lord of the Rings and then took lessons and became a world-class archer and was competing and now she's teaching. And then Vanna, who got into it just purely by interest with her boyfriend and now does it just, you know, fairly purely for pleasure, you know, at these SCA events. And then what is your um, kind of background with archery? Well, I'm, I'm definitely more on the Vana side um, <laughs> nowadays. I, I got into archery just as a, a kid. My family had a little um, child-sized compound bow that my siblings and I and the neighbor kids would take turns shooting, um, often at things we probably shouldn't have been shooting, <laughs> like the birdhouse. Um, <laughs> Poor little birds. No, no birds were harmed in the, the you know practicing of the archery. But uh, so I, I did archery just sporadically as as a fun backyard activity uh, oh. as a kid. And my my dad bow hunted, and I think we we ruined all of his arrows in the process of shooting unusual things. Unfortunately, um, I think I still owe him about you know, half a dozen arrows. <laughs> but uh, I I did not get into it. I guess. Well, seriously, may be the wrong word. Um, until Lord of the Rings came out, that was really the uh, the impetus for okay. me. Um, I you know wanted to be an elf, and uh, hey, archery is awesome. Um, I'd already had some exposure to it, and so I I decided I I really wanted to get into it and start shooting. Um, so I started looking for for bows. Um, I found a a bow here north in the in sort of north Michigan um, who made recurves and oh, long bows and cool. asked him to make me a bow. Uh, I, I suspect the guy is still rolling his eyes at me. <laughs> I think he thought I was a little nuts. Yeah. Um, so did you, you know, get a recurve? in Lord of the Rings and, and can you take this moon charm that I bought and embed it in the side of my bow? So there's this little moon <laughs> in the riser of my bow. Cool. Um, <clears throat> now did you, get a, did you get a recurve or a long bow? I have a long bow. It's a 60 inch long bow as I am. Um, oh, very cool. I, uh, unfortunately, of late, have not had much chance to shoot it and am at the point where I can barely pull the string back for more than about a dozen shots. So mm. I've got my bow fit out, and I've been, been doing archery strength training um, the last couple of months in the hope that when the summer comes, I can actually get back into it. So what's a bow fit? Tell her. Um, it's a, uh, it's a sort of an <laughs> archery warm-up tool. Um, oh. If you go to bowfit.com, um, you will find them. It's I guess the guy who invented it is a um, therapy um, mm-hmm. person, you know, so it was originally sort of a medical tool. But, oh, okay. it, um, you know, used, it's a, just a simple um, resistance okay. rubber uh, tubing sort of stuff that has been uh, attached to, to a wrist. Cuff uh, has a little handle, um, and it basically you know simulates the experience of pulling back a bowstring. So it helps uh, you to can, build you know, the strength. Adjust the level of resistance, um, oh. make it higher or lower depending on you know sort of whether you want to warm up or work on serious resistance training or whatever. Um, but you know it's it's just a piece of tubing mostly. So yeah. You know, does not require a lot of uh, apartment space or anything to. Uh, <laughs> do which is great and you can build your upper body strength to, exactly. to be able to pull a bow yeah, which, well, is, which is really can i jump in no, here i'm gonna say, share also with that you can also it's not just for upper body strength but you can learn 
how to release a bow with your back as opposed to your arm. Because if you mm. draw back the bow fit, if you're doing it correctly, and you're drawing it back with your arm, when you release it, you're hard to explain without showing, but when you release it, if you're in your back, your, your arm's going to come back with the tension, but then the bow fit stops it. So when you take it off and then you shoot, it almost exaggerates that feeling of your arm coming back when you're in your back. And so it's a useful tool for that as well, te- helping to teach people to improve their back tension when they're learning to shoot. And that's a very hard part of archery to teach. So yeah, they're very unusual muscles. Yes. And it's <laughs> yes. not your brain says what's logical is to use my arm. And here's the analogy I always give in my classes. If I were to have you stand in front of me for an hour with your knees bent, you're, you're, you know, unless you're in really good shape, your quads are going to cramp, you know, your legs are going to give out. But if you were to stand upright, not with your knees locked, but just with your leg bones in alignment, you could do that for an hour, no problem. And one of the things that I have learned with the national training system, which was the system brought over by Coach Lee from Korea, and it's his system, which we're basically, those of us who are now certified in that method, teach, um, he introduced body alignment, and that's now where you're not just bringing your arm back and holding, using your muscles to maintain the, 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 the bow, but you're actually bringing your, the best way to explain it is your shoulder blade back into your spine, which then brings your elbow back. Now you're using body alignment to maintain the bow weight as the, and the draw weight, excuse me, the draw weight as opposed to the muscles, which we were using before. And this is really uh, sort of revolutionized archery, and it's biomechanically efficient shooting. And the bow fit is one of the tools you can use to help teach people to get into, you know, to learn how this feels, coming into the back, drawing in with the back, maintaining that back, have your body be in alignment, because I can't pull it right now, but when I'm in competition form, my competition bow is 40 pounds, mm. and that's a lot of weight, and you yeah, certainly don't want your too. shoulder to be the one, your, you know, your, your little shoulder muscles there being the ones to try to maintain that weight, especially when you go into competitions where you're shooting, you know, 100, 150 arrows at a time. So let me jump in here. Um, Row, yeah. um, just in case our listeners, and again, uh, just as a reminder, you're listening to KCI in Irvine. This is Tani Tunuvio on What Would Arwen Do? With my three guests, Roe from Escondido, Vanna from Elf Princess up in Washington, Gwen Elf, Sill, uh, calling from Michigan, and we're talking about archery today and our little adventures in archery. But Roe, I wanted, and if you want to contact Roe about uh, any lessons or parties or anything down in Escondido, you can email her at roho at thesecondarrow.net. Roe, I wanted to ask you because I'm sure that people, um, there may be some people even that have just gone to see the Hunger Games or they've always kind of seen this thing, archery, and it's like, oh, you know, it looks like so much fun, but I could never do it. They might think, you know, you have to be too strong. Um I don't think that's true. I think that people think you have to be a lot stronger to to do archery than you need to. Could you talk a little bit about that, that really it is a sport for just about everybody? 
it is a sport for every for everyone, age you know seven to seventy. And it's not that they can't do it before they're seven. It's just I can't put them in the class before that. They yeah. have to have one on one. But yes, archery. Matter of fact, I teach at the Golden Door Spa every week, and I have women's classes there, and I purposely bring bows that are about 12 pounds. And the reason that I do that, a lot of times my classes are on Friday. The women have either been worked out really hard and or massaged to death all week, so that, you know, they're pretty tired. And really, when you first start out learning, it's you want to work on your form. And it's hard to work on form if you're trying to pull a bow back that's too that the draw weight mm-hmm. is too high. And when right. I talk about draw weight, there, there's the bow weight, which can be anywhere from a pound to five pounds, but there's the draw weight. When you draw the string back, that also has a weight, and that can vary depending on the bow. Mm-hmm. So I'll bring 10-pound bows, excuse me, 12-pound draw weight bows and use those. And that, with that, it gives the arrow enough energy to be propelled into the target, but it's light enough that I, that I can work with the women and get them into the form. And one of the reasons I love and it's so wonderful women to experience is that they'll show up at my class and they're like, I can't do this. And so many women just seem to have a preconceived idea that they can't, where the men are like, you know, on men's week, they're like, give me the bow, what do I shoot? And the women are like, oh, I can't do this. And I love being able to bring them through the process of teaching them, yes, you can. Mm -hmm. And for me, my philosophy is I want everybody to experience success in a class. Now, success for one person may be different than another. For one woman, it might be getting all her arrows on the target. For another one, it might be getting them all, you know, by the end, they're all in the gold and and red. It's different for each person, but I want them, when they leave, I want them to feel good about themselves and that they accomplish something in the class that they didn't think they could do when they started. Yeah, very cool. Yes. Can I share something? I posted on Facebook that I was going to be on your show, and I would like to say hello to Deanna. Sure. Deanna and I go way back from high school, and she and I were going to be the next heart. And she just posted on Facebook, and she she wrote, I'm listening now. I haven't heard your voice since high school, but you sound exactly the same. And if I had any and-eye coordination at all, I want to take your class. And I just want to say, Deanna, if we ever get that chance to be together, I can help you with and-eye coordination. Yes. (laughs) I have no depth perception. Now, who is is this calling? Is this Vanna? You can overcome me. Is this Vanna? Uh, Oh, Syl. Okay. So, Syl, you have no depth perception? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I have uh, an eye condition that basically means my eyes focus independently of one another. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I can't watch 3D movies, and I I have really poor depth perception. Um, And in one sense, that's actually, I think, really helped with archery. I used to be great at BB guns um, (laughs) because I can close one eye, and it doesn't affect how I see things at all, and I can really hone in. Um, but right, not being able to judge distance at all is, is kind of lousy. Uh huh. So, but you can still shoot, right? I can still shoot. I've never, I've never competed. Um, I shoot with friends from Torque or by myself, um, just purely for fun. Yeah. So I don't know uh, if how I do in a competition, but uh, but it's just in terms fun. of just shooting for fun. <laughs> it's I I can do it. Now, Vanna, you teach you uh, shoot with the SCA up in um, Washington. Also, I just want to take a moment, Syl or Vanna, if there's anybody that you wanted to say hello to uh, while we're here on the radio, please take a moment and, and do a little shout-out to anyone you want to say hi to. 
Hi, well, Tork. The only person I'd like to say hi to right at this moment is happy birthday, hon. Oh, <laughs> yeah. thank you. But yeah. what, what better birthday than to have three of my favorite people, which still is becoming one of my favorite people, although we haven't actually had a chance to meet yet. I've met Ro, no. and I've met Vanna. In fact, Vanna and I, uh, if you've listened to the show ever before, I've mentioned Vanna several times. I met her also through... Uh, TheOneRing.com and through my love, our shared love of all things Tolkien. And we met at the gathering, which was at the premiere of The Return of the King. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of 1,200 of us crazy uh, fans up in uh, Toronto. And I've also been to her house and, well, her beautiful or amazing elf husband who plays the harp. And he played the harp while we danced under moonlight uh, on the dew-ridden grass <laughs> in her mm-hmm. front yard. And so we've had some elvish adventures together. And uh, yeah. hopefully next year we'll be getting together because your birthday was just on Sunday. So happy belated yes, birthday to you. Uh, which is Tolkien Reading Day. But um, so, Vanna, you uh, participate in the SCA. So when you're shooting bows, though, are you doing it generally in costume? I am. Uh, yes, we wear the medieval clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, I have to be careful with my sleeves, so I'll try and wear something that I can either roll my sleeves up or, or bind up with my bracer on my wrist. Oh, yeah, um, those elven sleeves yeah. can get in the way. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love doing it in costume, so. Neither <laughs> yeah. so do I, feel like but they don't let me do it at the again. official competition. <laughs> so, Ro, if someone wanted to have, like, say, a, a Lord of the Rings themed or Hobbit themed or Hunger Games themed birthday party and they wanted to have archery. Now, this I'm not talking about just for children. I'm talking about also for us adults who like to dress up and do fun uh, role play kind of things in real life. You could put together, you could come out and uh, we could all have our little um, hobbit or elf or dwarf costumes and, do, and do archery. The current, right now, the only birthday party I have themed for is Robin Hood. Uh-huh. However, part of that, Hunger Games just came out. So mm-hmm. I haven't even, you know, the stuff hasn't even come out yet or it hasn't been out long enough for me right. to connect, con- begin collecting it. But yes, I, d- I can do regular birthday parties where kids just come out in their regular clothes or I can do themed birthday parties where they get to dress up. And last summer I did a Robin Hood birthday party and it was quite cute. They were kids for anywhere from the ages of three to eight. And, again, I had to work individually with the younger kids as mm-hmm. opposed to a group. But, yes, and it was very cute that they were all dressed up, and I got dressed up in my Robin Hood kind of thing, and we were out there shooting bows and arrows. Yeah, matter of fact, that birthday party, they, they, I got the parents involved, and I got a couple of the dads involved, and they started having the competition. And it was funny because the dads are going, man, I almost dropped my son off and took off. He goes, this is the best birthday party I've ever been to. So, <laughs> needless to say, I'm, uh, I'm going back up there again this summer only the theme is going to be the olympics because uh-huh. this is an olympic year and archery is an olympic sport so we're going to do an olympic themed birthday party oh, for, that, for him but yes and the thing is so some people might be wondering which kind of bows that uh you use now um sil and um sil has a long bow vana what kind of bow do you normally use a recurve or long bow or yes i have i have a recurve mm-hmm. um which is just it's just up from a longbow. It's got yeah. kind of gentle curves to it, but you have to string it as well. Right. Um, like you would a longbow in order to use it. So um, I wanted to also add, I have shot archery with Roe before. 
This is true. Don't she don't shoot pumpkins. It's messy. Oh, <laughs> that's <was> fun. <laughs> <laughs> that you was, shot, that was but, fun. Oh, that's what, where, when was, was that? I don't that remember. When I, went, I went up to Washington many, oh. many, many years ago, and we had a group of us out there, and we were out there shooting in a pasture. And oh, how we, fun! We, we got pumpkins. And I had never shot in the pumpkins before. And it's really quite messy. It's fun, but it, they really goop up your arrows. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet yeah, they it really would. messes them up. <laughs> yeah, we were out there in the rain too. It's like we weren't going to let that stop. <laughs> but oh, I could. Yeah, and I, I was trying to teach Vanna and and Guru some things. But I mean, I could teach you guys so much more now because I was just starting to learn how to teach it back then. But <laughs> what I wanted to share is with the Hunger Games coming out. I had a different message from somebody, one of my Zentangle friends wrote me today and said they had seen the Hunger Games and they wanted to believe that what Katniss does in the movie was that accurately portrayed or did they exaggerate the skill of an archer for the movie and I wrote back to her and I said no, an accomplished archer could definitely do the skills that Katniss did in the movie. Oh, a beginning I haven't archer, seen it no. yet. <laughs> and then I went on to share with her that the thing with archery is there's these different types of bows and then there's different ways to use these bows. You've got the compound bows, which have the, the cams and the wheels on them. You've got the long bows, which when they're drawn, they look more like the letter C. And then you have the recurve bows, which, which have the curves on them. So they look sort of like an S and then they reverse back down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, Katniss uses the recurve bow. Oh, cool. And she's shooting non-sighted. And that's one of the things all three of us have in common is we all shoot non-sighted. And that is rare in America. What does it's, that mean, non-sighted? That non-sighted means you don't have a little helping thing. We shoot thing. without a sight on our bows. We use, you can either do it instinctually or you can use the tip of the arrow to aim, but you depending on how far you're standing from the target, mm-hmm. determines where you aim that tip of the arrow. You do not always put the tip of the arrow in the bullseye because depending on your distance from the target, it may or may not hit the bullseye. Right. So these are some of the, the factors that go in that you need a coach or an instructor to kind of help you figure out when you're first starting out or if you have friends. Like I'm sure Vanna and Syl had friends that could explain this to them. Yeah. Right. But yet non sighted. Right now in the Olympics they use recurve bows but they're sighted and they have stabilizers. So they mm-hmm. have a lot more equipment Technology. on them yeah. to it's just a different style of shooting. It's I would say it's more it's a equivalent, not a direct equivalent, but it's more equivalent to having a scope on a gun or a sight on a gun versus not having a sight mm-hmm. on a gun. Okay. And so that's, that's the difference. You use the sight to, to pick your aiming spot, and you use that and align that up on the bullseye, where what the three of us do is we have to aim off of the bullseye to hit the bullseye. So it takes a little more personal skill. It, it takes more <laughs> practice, but part of the reason I really like it is because, to me, I'm more in tune with my bow. I'm, it helps me stay, uh, increase my body awareness and mm-hmm. keep my focus and attention on the body and what's going on. And if I hear an arrow go off, what do I do? Where when you have a sight... You know, you can depend completely on that site. You know, right. that has to be there, and I'm going to put it here, and then everything's going to happen. And 
the, the archers at the more advanced levels don't do that. They have body awareness. They know how to use that. But when you're starting out, a sight can become sort of a crutch. And so I've decided within the last month or so, I've been trying to figure out how do I specialize my company different than some of the other archery companies out there. And because of my passion for non-sighted archery, I've decided, as a matter of fact, I've just come up with my my tagline, if you will, and it's specializing in the art development and practice of traditional and barebow archery. And barebow and traditional Mm -hmm. are are cousins to each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to go into the difference on your show. It's hard to explain, but they're they're the same equipment, but a little bit different technique. But I want to, I really want to help bring up the next generation of, of kids who with with traditional or barebow because to me it's more of an art mm-hmm. and I think we're losing that you know you have the Olympics you have the Olympics that really pushes recurve sighted you've got a lot of target archery competitions that are compounded but the non sighted world is limited and it's not well represented represented except in things like what Vanna does the SCA the renaissance fairs, things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's such a passion of mine. And I was like, you know what, that's what I want to do. I want to help expose more people to this. I'm so glad that you're doing that. I tried to go the other path. I I tried to do sighted for three months. And I just, it it didn't feel right. That Mm -hmm. intuitive part of me was going, you don't want to do this. But I was, you know, there's a lot lot of resources available if you do that way. But you know what? I'm not saying I won't ever work with someone who wants to do that, right. but that's going to be where I specialize is yeah. in the traditional barebow. And I'm not opposed to high-tech barebows. I mean, excuse me, recurve bows. I know Syl and Vanna have wood bows, and I've got this, you know, high-tech metal riser and these fiberglass limbs, but that's okay. You know, I'm still shooting the same style they are, right. even if my bow isn't the traditional wood-type bow. And there's all the would like to interject here too for people that want to understand the different types of bows the way i've always looked at is a compound bow you're going to hit the target it's (laughs) you know you just have to learn where to put it on the target with a recurve or um the long bows it's a it's what makes it more of an art is that you have to learn to get it to the target and then learn how to get it where you want it on the target Mm -hmm. so it takes a lot more talent Mm-hmm. The uh, compounds are just so powerful that they right. go straight to whatever you're shooting at. Yeah. yeah. So that's why hunters use the compounds more than anything. I know when I first uh, took lessons up here, I, I went to a local place and um, had a couple of private lessons, and I loved it. But the the guy kept telling me, "You want to do Zen archery? I know you're a Zen archer because I because I, I I didn't even really care all that much about the target. I wanted the experience of the shooting. I wanted to be experiencing what was going on in my body and with my mm-hmm. intention and with my concentration. I was really more interested in the experience of shooting the bull than I was even on where the arrow was actually going. And uh, and it's it's just, you know, it could be like, like archery as meditation, you know. Um, so, I, you guys, it's been so amazing. We are just about out of time, though. <laughs> the time goes by so fast. We well, you get three women who are passionate about archery and you throw you in as a radio host. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like to share one more thing, and sure. I know, Tani, I've shared this with you, but nobody else knows except Jim. 
I, I stepped out of the competition arena four years ago, and I needed to for a variety of reasons. However, and, and Vanna was one of the people who was there in the beginning when I first started and posted on Torque, oh, my gosh, I'm going to nationals. I'm so scared. And, but I'm going to be back, going back into the competition world next year. I've hired oh, a personal God. trainer. Ooh. I'm going to get back in shape. I'm going to do it. And I miss, I miss it. And I and know you're where so my good head at it. wrong <laughs> before, and yeah. I've got it back on straight now. So <laughs> That's exciting. Well, you'll be collecting up more medals then, I'm sure. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, to think what I did before was incredible, and if I can come back with a, a stronger sense of confidence in myself yeah. and my abilities, more focus and determination and commitment and discipline, I, I think I'm going to be even more powerful, and I don't yeah. mean that in an overbearing way, but more powerful with a bow and arrow than I was before. And I wasn't bad before, but I'm very much looking forward to that. The competition adds a type of challenge that I didn't get just shooting in my backyard. And for those listening who might be interested, it's like, again, uh, I, I love the things in life that bring us together with people that we have shared passions with, whether it's the three of us who are initially have been connected through the world of J.R.R. Tolkien, now we uh, have this shared interest in archery. You may find with other people, you may connect with them over horses. In fact, Roe had a, and I had a connection with horses. Or maybe it's uh, through cooking. You know, a lot of people are hobbitish and they like to share their recipes and their cooking. But there are so many things in life that bring us uh, into contact with people that enrich our lives so much. And we share these wonderful passions and we get so excited about them that the, the time just goes away. <laughs> However, being on radio, we are we are. We, we are a little structured here, but I, I want to say thank you so much to all three of you for taking time out of your day to call in today and for being in the world, such inspiring and amazing women. You inspire my life uh, on so many levels, and thank you for calling in today and, and sharing your archery adventures with uh, those who may listen in. And if anyone misses well, it, you can always tell people us. they can <laughs> listen to the podcast. Anything you want to say before you go? I think I gotta say, (laughs) bro. When you get back in, we will come and cheer for you. Yay. Cool. I am clearly on the wrong side of the country. Well, no. Now, if they keep the Nationals in Kentucky, um, well, they have the world one every February in Vegas, so that maybe Vanna and Guru can trickle down from the north. And then if I do Nationals in Kentucky, if they're still being held there, then we can. We, then I can hit the East Coast friends. If I go. have more following, I have Facebook fan, friends and Torque friends. So this is it's really wonderful exciting. to have. More, more of a support base. It's wonderful how the internet connects us all together, uh, kind of like palantiri. <laughs> well, and I didn't even get a chance to talk to you, Tani, today about the medieval archery contest I'm putting together for. It's um, going to be in Italy in 2013 in the fall. Well, well, you'll so, have to come back, we'll come and, back and we'll have and to talk that, about but that. That's my point. Yeah. Well, and I have to learn Italian. Oh, I don't have to. I'm choosing to learn Italian so that I can communicate with these people. Because well, we right now we're on together Facebook. Then. Oh, yeah, who's that? A medieval that Italian archery festival in the fall of 2013. Who said wow. that you could practice together? Sil? Wow. Vanna? Uh, I, I am just beginning to learn Italian as well. I bought Rosette Stone two Yay. weeks ago. So. All right. Well, I'm going to be taking classes starting next Tuesday. We'll, go, we'll hook up on Facebook, and, and we can um, hash out the language with each other. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> What's this mean? Okay. You wonderful ladies. Thank Great. you so much. I am going to have to say... 
Namaria, and and thank you again for all for calling in. The show will be available on podcast in case uh, in, you know of anyone who missed it at kucitalk.org or through iTunes. If you'd like to email me, please send me an email at askanelf at yahoo.com. So my dear friends, Alin Salalamin Amentielvo, the star shines on the hour of our meeting. Hopefully it will not be too long. Let's, uh, let's think about maybe having a Northwest uh, Tolkien moot next spring. I think we can, we can get, yeah. we'll just capture uh, Sill and get her out there. There you go. Sounds good to me. All right. Okay. You have a happy birthday, sweetie. Thank you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yay. Thanks, Namaria. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So that is really going to wrap it up for What Would Arwen Do? How the Time Does Fly. Isn't it amazing how our lives are enriched by the people that we meet that become so dear to us? And today, a very special birthday. I... It was like, oh gosh, I don't know if I want to talk about my age, but you know what? I am 60 years old today. I feel about 12. <laughs> I have made it through six decades. If an, if I can do it, then you can do it. And um, there are so many wonderful things to celebrate. So send me an email if you if you want to say hi askanelf at yahoo.com coming up in just a few moments the blue and gold report is on vacation for this week but we'll have some best of KUCI coming up in podcast and uh, to end the show I'm going to real quickly play a few bars from Into the West sung by, by my darling friend Coco B and who is a uh, host of Yogi World which hopefully will be back here on KUCI at some point please visit our website at KUCI.org And until next week, namariya.